Hello, and welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thank you very much for listening on this Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. Topics on this episode include Magic for Adults, Part 2 of my interview with Active Complies Melissa Thomas, and the response to last week's bond market sell-off. Today's podcast is presented by Stratmore Group. Stratmore Group is a leading mortgage industry advisory firm that provides a range of advisory services and programs designed to counsel lender CEOs and senior executives. Stratmore serves more than 250 companies annually, providing solutions that increase growth and improve profitability in sales, marketing, technology, operations, and mergers and acquisitions. The company leverages comprehensive proprietary data and key insights gained through extensive experience in the mortgage industry. Find out more about Stratmore on its website at stratmoregroup.com. As a kid, magic tricks were amazing because we believed in magic. As an adult, magic tricks are amazing because we seem to have lost all belief in magic. Lenders know that financing a home isn't some sleight of hand done through magic. It's quite the opposite. Getting a mortgage while you're grabbing a cup of coffee is misleading, and MLOs bear the brunt of educating borrowers how much arduous work it takes to satisfy them. Stratmore Group and CFI Group released annual report findings this week for their Mortgage Sat Customer Experience Program, the industry's largest benchmark based on more than 263,000 surveys in 2020, showed wide swings in customer sentiment over the past 12 months due to pandemic-related factors like capacity strain, extended cycle times, fulfillment burnout, new hiring, and widespread adoption of the work-from-home model. For example, loans falling close to within the expected time frame more than doubled from 10% in March to 21% in all of Q4. The Mortgage Sat annual report data is available exclusively to participants of the program. Reach out to Mortgage Sat Director Mike Seminari for more information on joining the program. The written version of today's commentary features a whole host of broker and lender services, loan products, and trainings and webinars. Go to robchrisman.com for all the information on those. Here's part two of my interview with Active Compliance Melissa Thomas. You can listen to yesterday's episode for part one. Active Comply is a social media monitoring and website archival software for the financial industry, ensuring that mortgage lenders and their loan officers can engage with social media in a safe and compliant manner. What are some best practices lenders can utilize to minimize their risk? I think that's how most compliance and marketing departments feel about social media. We're seeing very often that mortgage lenders don't have a full grip on what's happening with LOs, especially if they're rogue LOs. And I think a big fear for a lot of mortgage lenders out there and general counsels, especially, is those rogue LOs who have their own independent websites. A best practice would probably be to outline in your policy that LOs must have a website that's controlled by your IT department that funnels into your loan portal, your loan application portal, as opposed to very so often we'll find rogue GoDaddy websites that an LO has been using for the past five years and that they're really interested in keeping, but that information that's being captured is going to their Gmail account or some insecure portal um, that's really unreliable and definitely not in compliance with what's needed on the lender's end. So first and foremost, you know, where are they sending your consumers when it comes to the website that's attached to the social media profile? What's the communication established on the social media profile? What's the Gmail 
or company email that's affiliated? What's the phone number that's affiliated? Do they have a branch address listed? Are they asking consumers to meet with them in person? It's really easy to outline a lot of profile requirements. First and foremost, that's exactly what's um, front and center for most regulators, right? This is where we're seeing the most citations as well. Very easily can somebody be cited for missing NMLS ID or missing equal housing logo or verbiage. So those are the two that we really focus on at Active Comply and, and really try to push that forward. But there's also all those miscellaneous states out there and their requirements like we previously mentioned. And then there's also, you know, the idea that you want to be able to use the tool, but there's that mix between uh, personal and business, right? So very often we see lender partners outline that LOs need to be using a business profile. And this is usually when we get a couple of groans from either the compliance department because they know that they're going to have to go to the LOs and try to convince them to do that or groans from the marketing department because they just disagree and they think that personal profiles are really the way forward. Uh, but what we're finding is that it's really difficult to make that distinction between this is for business, this is for personal, and things get really messy with personal opinions. This was an election year. There was a lot of social justice movements. And some of those opinions are not representative of brands. So the best way to move forward is to find that middle ground. How can you get LOs to do this social media thing, but in a compliant manner? And one of the ways that we help achieve that is there's a Facebook document out there in the ether that we have on our website that shows, hey, Ella, we know you've worked really hard to build up this social media following. You've got 2,000 friends on your Facebook page. Way to go. Keep that book of business going. But guess what? You can duplicate that Facebook profile, convert it into a business page, and all those friends come over as followers automatically. But you also get all this great business analytics data that you never had before. So we show how it's beneficial from a compliance standpoint, but how you can get that LO buy-in as well. Yeah, and if I never hear the phrase rogue GoDaddy website again, I will I will be happy. <laughs> but it, it inevitably yeah. sounds like there's going to be consumer complaints out there on social media. Uh, how do, should lenders deal with those? That's a really sticky situation too, because what we found is that it's very often the lender wants to go out and get something removed. Sometimes there's consumers who are unhappy for whatever reason, and sometimes what reviews they post are not entirely accurate, if accurate at all. And so lenders have often tried to get those accounts taken down. First and foremost, Yelp is a really big platform that we see this with. And it's almost impossible to get these things removed. The platforms will very often say to you, nope, we don't really care about the he said, she said of it all. We think that it's important that this remains up. So sorry. So the way that lenders can kind of do a workaround of this is do your best to be public about your response. Um, have some templates in place around consumer complaint responses so that you know how to uniformly respond if you have multiple customer service reps. You need to make sure to outline, especially if it's a fraudulent um, review that you think is inaccurate, that you want to talk to this person on different platforms. Like we've tried to reach you via phone, via email, but we haven't heard back yet. We really want to understand more about this situation and all of the facts affiliated with it. Please give us a phone call or an email at such and such an area. So it's important to say that we've tried to fix this problem and remedy it, 
but we haven't heard from this consumer. If it's a legitimate complaint, it's important that you recognize that within the platform, not accepting any blame necessarily, but understanding that a consumer does require a response and a public response is good for brand standing. And then, you know, addressing that complaint with the LO for sure, if there's any issues on the LO end or on the process side of things, and then documenting it, I think is the most important thing of all saying, where did we have an issue? Are we seeing this trend with this certain LO? Are we seeing this trend among our sales force? What can we do about it going forward? What are some actionable items? Great. So now for what I really want to know. Uh, (laughs) You've been in the compliance game for a little while. I'm sure you have seen some not so great things on social media. Do you have any examples you'd be willing to share? Sure. That is the uh, question that we get very often because it's the juicy part of social media. I think yeah, that's what's me, so give exciting. Me the gossip. Right. So something that we did back in October with TMC was we had a, a social media horror stories webinar all about the sticky ickies because Halloween was just around the corner. Right. So one of my favorite ones to reference um, is, is seemingly very innocent in the beginning, but it turns oh so wrong at the end. So a loan officer on a Sunday night, posted a video where he and his real estate buddy are doing a sort of webinar around credit repair. And I think that sends off some some buzzwords right now and some things are dinging in people's minds for the compliance people. Credit repair is its own industry. Credit repair comes with quite a bit of stipulations and regulations of their own. And credit repair is its own business. And neither of those people are, are credit repair people. One is a real estate agent, one is a loan officer. Those are not the services they offer. But during that webinar of sorts on YouTube and the video that they posted, they documented the process of how they work together to get consumers the best deal. And the idea was is that you come in to get a loan with loan officer A and you submit a credit report for that loan purpose. The loan officer would take that credit report, supply it to his uh, realtor buddy, to say, here's how we can improve the credit score to get things to where we need it to be. Let's do some credit repair items. The purpose of pulling a credit report is highly stipulated. You only have access to those things for a very specific reason. And doing credit repair was not the reason for pulling that credit report. So what ultimately happened is this video was posted. They talked about their process and how they got the best deal for the consumers out there. It was posted on a Sunday night. Monday morning, the lender received an email. And you're, you're thinking, I think right now, oh, a regulator saw it. But very often, even though we do get emails from regulators for what they see on social media, this was from a credit bureau. Because credit bureaus are also out searching social media for these types of issues. And what the email said was that, hey, lender, here's what we found out on social media. This is inappropriate and against the reasoning behind pulling the credit report. This needs to be taken down immediately. You need to make sure that the LO doesn't do anything like this again or post about it again. And if we do find any more occurrences, we're gonna cut off your credit access for 30 days. And I don't know a lender alive that can do any kind of business without credit reporting. So it was it was quite a shock for the lender for sure. Yeah, that would, uh, that would not be an ideal scenario. Melissa, thank you very much for coming on the Crispin Commentary Podcast. Hope to see you soon. Investors don't seem to care about higher treasury yields when central banks keep assuring markets that they will remain supportive for the foreseeable future. In terms of data yesterday, 
Total construction spending increased 1.7% month-over-month in January, well above expectations as strength was driven by gains in both private and public construction spending. The ISM Manufacturing Index for February also jumped above expectations, matching the August 2018 reading as the highest since May 2004. February marked the ninth straight month the ISM Manufacturing Index has been in expansionary territory, though all 18 industries reported paying higher prices for raw materials in February. That contributed to the Prices Index hitting its highest level since May 2008 and should continue to feel concerns about potential pass-through pressures to end users. The response from agency MBS and treasuries was a mixed one, with shorter duration treasuries rallying and longer ones pulling back, what we would refer to as curve steepening. As much as it was a continued correction from movement last week, positive economic data, as well as the House expectedly passing the $1.9 trillion stimulus package, supported the move. The MBS basis closed the day tighter. The Mortgage Bankers Association's latest forbearance and call volume survey revealed that the total number of loans now in forbearance increased by one basis point to 5.23% of servicers' portfolio volume in the prior week as of February 21st. According to the MBA's estimate, 2.6 million homeowners remain in forbearance plans. Today's calendar is light on data, with just Redbook same-store sales for the week ending February 27th due out later this morning. We do have some Fed speak, with Governor Brainerd and San Francisco Fed President Daly both scheduled to make remarks. The MBS purchase schedule, the smallest of the week at $4.9 billion, starts with $3.1 billion at UMBS 30, 1.5% and 2%, followed by $1.8 billion at Geni 2, 2% and 2.5%. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse than eighth, and the 10-year yielding 1.44 after closing yesterday at 1.45%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. The Irish fisherman. The rain was pouring down. There, standing in front of a big puddle outside the pub, was an old Irishman, drenched, holding a stick with a piece of string dangling in the water. A passerby stopped and asked, What are you doing? Fishing, replied the old man. Feeling sorry for the old man, the gent says, Come come in out of the rain and have a drink with me. In the warmth of the pub, as they sipped their whiskeys, the gentleman being a bit of a smart aleck, cannot resist asking, How many have you caught today? Yard the eighth, says the old man. (laughs) Thanks again to our sponsor, Stratmore Group, the trusted mortgage advisory with advisors who guide lenders to make smart strategic decisions, solve complex challenges, improve the borrower experience, increase profitability, and accelerate growth. Be sure to check out the Stratmore website at stratmoregroup.com. Thank you for spending a few minutes of your time with us. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search mortgage news on any platform you get your podcast from.